Welcome to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes, a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Amid, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Mike leads us verse by verse through the Bible and shares with us the impacting truth of God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned until the close of our program to hear about some exciting news and special offers. We'll also tell you how you can obtain a full-length copy of this entire message. And don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled, The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 9. Traveling through the Gospel of Luke, verse by verse, a message titled, In the Hand of My Enemy. Never a good place to be. And enemies come in all shapes and sizes. When I was a kid, my, my parents had kind of a sketchy way of getting pets. And they, you know, normally people will adopt a pet at the, you know, at the, at the pound or they'll, you know, my parents found pets on the side of the road usually or someplace weird. Like my dad found this dog at the train yard where he worked. And it was just this mangy looking, you know, covered in grease, little mutt thing that he, he brought home one day. And they cleaned it all up. It was just completely covered in grease. Turned out it was kind of that color, kind of a gray color. And so they took it to the groomer and discovered that it was a poodle. So they gave it that ridiculous poodle cut with the little puff balls everywhere. And don't let that fool you. That dog was demon possessed. And I don't know what, why my parents kept this dog, but it was the meanest, grumpiest dog you ever met. Her name was Kino. She should have been Cujet. Because she would get a toy or a sock or something like that, and she'd get in the hallway, and I'm just a kid, you know, little, and she would guard the sock, and if you tried to pass through the hallway, she would attack and draw blood. So I I grew up with this, you know, like dog that would probably on a weekly basis bite me, and, you know, I'd have scars all over myself from this dog. It's just so bizarre. But anyway, one time I was just, I was six years old. My my sister was eight. And my parents figured we were old enough at that point. Remember, this is the 80s, early 80s. This is before Ted Bundy. It was okay for us to stay home and, you know, watch ourselves at six and eight years old. And so they left and we had grandma and grandpa's phone number. And of course, it was time for bed. And this dog would not let us go to bed. He would not let us come down the hallway. You start going down the hallway and you go, and bare his teeth. And we were, so we called grandma and grandpa and they found us standing on top of the couch, you know, <laughs> waiting for them to come and rescue us. Nothing is more terrifying than being in the hand or under the control of your enemy. And that's what we're going to see as we look at our text today. In Luke chapter nine, we see a boy and a father and the disciples kind of held captive by this enemy. If you'll stand with me. Luke chapter 9, verse 37. Luke writes by the Holy Spirit. Now it happened on the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, it's the Mount of Transfiguration, that a great multitude met him, Jesus. Suddenly a man from the multitude cried out saying, Teacher, I implore you, look on my son, for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him, And he suddenly cries out and convulses him so that he foams at the mouth. And it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implored your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. 
As he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the majesty of God. But while everyone marveled at all the things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, let these words seek down into your ears. For the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying, and it was hidden from them, so they did not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying. And Father, we thank you for this passage of Scripture and this narrative that we're going through today. And I pray, Lord, as we get into this, Lord, that we would see you and, and who you are and what you mean to us and our relationship with you and, and the things of faith and all the things that that are mentioned here in this chapter. I pray that you would help us just to hear what your Spirit is speaking to us. Let these words seek down into our ears as we hear your voice, Lord, as we read your word, and as we seek to be transformed by it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus and his disciples, three of them, Peter, James, and John, have just been on retreat. And and maybe you've been on retreat. Maybe you've gone to a conference or up on the mountain and experienced God and seen, you know, things in a new light and just been transformed. And and hopefully you've experienced that in your life. And 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 you come home from that retreat weekend, truly a mountaintop experience. And right as you walk in the door, you're rushed by a multitude. There's a weeping parent, your your spouse you left behind, and a demon-possessed child foaming at the mouth. And you're trying to deal with all of that. And you're like, why can't I just go back up on the mountain? Why can't I just <laughs> escape all this? And, and that's our context. Jesus leaves the nine disciples, takes the three, and goes up on the mountain verses 28 through 36, as we saw last time. And, and he is transformed in front of their eyes. Jesus goes from being, you know, whatever color his robe was, whatever his face looked like before, to a, to be his face, his countenance changed, his face changed, his robes turned bright, lightning white, shining, glistening, like, uh, like lightning, and his face shining like the sun. I mean, that, that'd been a pretty miraculous retreat, you know, to go and see Jesus do that. But if that weren't enough, Moses and Elijah also wearing shiny robes show up. And then God actually speaks to them. Like he, he actually says, this is my beloved son, hear him. I can't imagine a more transformative retreat than that. So they, they, they come down the mountain and, and as it often is, they, they meet this devil waiting for them in the valley. But one thing we have to remember, and I think that it's clear in the text, but we have to remember this if we're in that same experience where we've been up on the mountain and we feel like we've heard God's voice and we've seen Jesus in a new light, that when we come down the mountain, Jesus is still with us, right? He's still with us in the valley. He's there to help us. He doesn't leave us during the hard times. He goes with us and he handles them. He also meets with us and overcomes our struggle, He does what we cannot do. So let's take a look in verse 37. It says, Now it happened on the next day when they had come down from the mountain that a great multitude met them. So Jesus' popularity is obviously snowballing. And why? Well, because he's been healing people. And when you heal people and they're legitimately healed, 
and they tell their friends, and their friends who have diseases want to be healed too. And, and, and people who have heard him speak, and they've seen him cast out demons, they want to see that more. And then other people want to see people healed. And so pretty soon, you have this multitude of people who are following Jesus everywhere he goes. And, and now he's gone up on the hill, and he says, no, nobody else can come with us. We're going to go up here. And then they're coming down. And so the whole multitude is there waiting for him. And no doubt the multitude, as he's waiting up on the hill, has grown exponentially while they've been away. And it's wonderful, I mean, to realize Jesus did these miracles and, and he healed everyone who came to him and he cast out the demons and he cleansed the lepers. He did all those things. But we also have to realize that Jesus became a man. And because he limited himself to that, he had limits. Just like all of us, he had his limits. And there was only so much that he could do. I mean, you see that kind of throughout the Gospels as you see Jesus and the way he behaves and acts towards things. He gets weary, he gets tired, he weeps. He has emotional times and, and difficulties, that he, things he's struggling with. And, and even sleeping in the bottom of the boat when a great tempest is beating on them, they're ready to die and he's asleep because he's so exhausted. And this is exactly why Jesus would take the three disciples and he would leave the multitude and go up on the mountain so that he could get away from everyone for a while and hear his father's voice and process the things that were coming and the things that were planned. And just to be able to get that moment where Jesus, even Jesus didn't have cell signal and he could get away from the people and, and just, and focus on what's important, right? But now that they're recharged, they're ready to face the problems. And so as we go to retreat, when we get on some spiritual high where we've been away for a while and just connecting with God, and we don't ever want it to end, we don't do that so that it will never end. We do that so that we can be recharged, so that we are renewed to meet the challenges. And we've been meeting with God. It isn't so everything can go easy from now on. It's so that we can be equipped for what's next. And what is next? Verse 38, suddenly a man from the multitudes cried out saying, teacher, I implore you, look on my son for he is my only child. That's the big thing, his only child. Can you imagine having an only child in this condition? And behold, a spirit seizes him suddenly and he suddenly cries out and it convulses him. So it foams at the mouth and it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implored your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. And so while they were on retreat, the other ones were trying in vain to cast out a demon. And you can see these nine disciples standing there, you know, as Jesus is listening to this story and they're kind of looking at the ground, they're kicking the dirt like, they didn't know what to do. Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991. Or send us a text at 208-991-2756. Be sure to mention today's date. You can also listen to Pastor Mike's latest message on our website at ccemmett.org. And don't forget to search for Calvary Chapel Emmett on iTunes and YouTube. Remember to hit subscribe when you're there. Thanks again for listening. And remember, always abide in truth. Until next time, God bless. Abide in Truth is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel in Emmett, Idaho.
Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to invite you to watch our services live on Facebook. You can watch us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30. Just go to our page, Calvary Chapel of Emmett, and scroll down for the live service. It is an interactive experience. While on our page, feel free to watch previous Sundays as well. So join Calvary Chapel Emmett Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 on Facebook. We look forward to seeing you. Calvary Chapel of Emmett would like to offer you a free gift for joining us today. Right Now Media. Right Now Media has been called the Netflix of Christian Bible studies. With over 30,000 Bible studies and discipleship videos, there's even tons of Christian cartoons for the kids. To get your free account to Right Now Media, just visit our website at ccemmett.org forward slash right now. That's ccemmett.org forward slash right now. And God bless you.